This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning, Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and right across from me, the tallest, the smartest, the most big, the biggest L libertarian on that side of the table, Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going? Oh, thanks, man. I just wanted to try and boost your ego a little bit well, today. Didn't you know, work. I heard that that underhanded comment about how I never say anything good about you when we start the show <laughs> uh, from yesterday's show. Didn't work. So it's Thursday, March sixteenth, and because Charlie has more important things to do, we're doing dumb bleep of the week today. Now this is our first dumb bleep of the week in two solid weeks, yeah. maybe three. It's your, been a little bit. Your grandma decided to die. I know. So you got to deal with that. She clearly doesn't care about the show. She doesn't. As much as we do. All right. <laughs> so on this day of the week, which is normally Fridays. Yeah, tomorrow's we, St. Patrick's Day. Is it? Yeah. Okay. All hail St. Patrick. I'll wear my green hat. There we go. Even though there won't be anyone in the office to uh, to pinch me, but uh, you know the thing. <laughs> um, we've, we go through some of the dumbest things that happened or that were said over the last week, the live group, the Fed Haters Club, they're hanging out with us right now. They're going to get the vote on what that dumbest thing is. And then at the end of the year, when we do Dump Leap of the Year, and we'll get whoever that winner is. We'll send a trophy to that person and the person who submitted whatever that Dump Leap of the Year is. March Madness in basketball, the men's tournament started today. Saw that. Uh, well, I guess the team of 64, because now they have the first four. Do they? Yeah, the play-ins. Okay. Yeah, for the 16 seeds and the 11, 11 seeds, I think, 12 seeds, something like that. Anyway, uh, we do something similar with Dumb Bleep. With you. There's a whole bracket. It's a bracket challenge. It's a bracket challenge of, well, of Dumb Bleep. It's, it's way more fun. Well, let's, um, because of Charlie, we started late today, even though we're early. Uh, we're, we, so we need to get the show it's on the road. better late than never. Because Tom has got something to do here in a bit. So I, I want to try and get as much done for Tom. And you see, if you go to the Fed Haters Club, you go to joingmail.com, you too can control the show if we like you enough. All right? So dumb leap number one, we just talked about this at the end of yesterday's show, and it needs to be submitted for dumb leap. I know we just talked about it, but it's got to be an option for people to vote on. And it comes from the uh, Socialist Party of Great Britain, Socialist Party of Great Britain, where they lay out the scenario of Jack being a carpenter, his neighbor Jean being a baker. Jean needs her doors tightened. Jack says he'll fix them. Jean says she'll give him some cakes as a thank you. And they say that that is how a socialist society will work. 
And so the funny part about this, if we can actually be on point for a second here about the the actual funny part. I just realized that Gene's cake. <laughs> yes. Cake is what the kids use. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For I had to cut all of this out of the shorts I made for yesterday because, for ass. you know, it's inside jokes aren't as funny on YouTube shorts, you know. <laughs> I don't think this is an inside joke. I think it's I a, know. just a regular joke. So the funny part about this was the self-own. I even circled down at the bottom. They got 86, 86 just standard retweets on it, which means kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to get this message out there. And then they got about 1,600 quote tweets, and most of them are people making fun of them because what they just described was free trade, bartering, and essentially the basis of capitalism. Not socialism. Not, not no. socialism. But 86 people were just as dumb as they are, so... That's pretty pretty good numbers, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. Now, we're just, number one is just going to be Socialist Party of Great Britain, SPGB. All right, so they got a few things. A person on here said, that sounds more like a religion than an actual economic system. How do you address scarcity? So someone wants to know about scarcity. So they're actually having a conversation on under this? Oh, they go, they they comment back and forth quite a bit. We've We've gone back and forth with them a bunch. Oh God, I can't believe they just didn't delete it. Oh no, it's it's out there. They're trying to fix it today. That's the last part of them. They tried to okay. revise they tried to revise history just a little bit. Um they say scarcity can already mostly be ended. Mostly. The only reason people die from hunger, deprivation, treatable diseases, dirty water, etc., is because capitalism produces for profit and people are too poor to buy what they need. Socialism will end artificial scarcity and produce an abundance. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So scarcity, the idea that we don't just have every single thing that every single person wants and needs, that can already be in there right now. And all the stuff that we've produced and invented would just magically happen. You would still would have happened mm -hmm. for sure. They literally, the, the only reason people are dying from hunger and treatable diseases is because of capitalism. And this goes back to that thing where you can take every single death, basically all the deaths, unless it's old age, are because of capitalism. But they won't even take that 100 million number from, from socialism because that's not real socialism. Mm, that's right. <laughs> uh, continuing on with SP. But also, I mean, real quick, also, yep. like, you, like you said, we just assume that all of this stuff would still be here. You know, like we still have diseases out there that aren't treatable because somebody hasn't come up with a treatment yet for them. Why don't the socialists just do that? I don't know. That's 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 the biggest like, thing. There are socialists out there. Why haven't they just cured more diseases? Cancer should be done. The kid cancer. They should make some sides. <laughs> they need more sides. <laughs> okay, after that. Now, this is one to their, uh, you know, just to give them some credit. They deleted this one. Mm. I happened to have it in an email I sent myself. So luckily it was still there. But when I tried to get it, it's gone. All right. As... As 99.999% of today's crimes are down to capitalism, there would be no real need for police and judges in the role they have today. This is under, under socialism. There may well be socialists who are trained for the rare occasions when serious crimes or situations that require such people might occur. So all, all almost all, yeah. except for point. 001% of crimes are because of capitalism. That's it. 
So they're not going to have police and judges, but they will be people that are trained to take care of those situations when they do occur. I guess they just won't call them police and, and judges. Lots of training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there'd be no knees on necks or <laughs> anything like that. No. Be, it would be... It would be a very nice. Which, honestly, how much training does it take to put someone in a gulag anyway? Like, the, there's, you can get anyone to do that, <laughs> honestly. And then uh, they revised their latest tweet because it did go pretty viral. I even saw Ben Shapiro retweeted it <laughs> um, yesterday. So they revised that first one. And they said, so Jack's a carpenter. His neighbor, Gene's a baker. Gene has some doors with loose hinges. Jack says he'll fix them and doesn't want anything for it. I don't Just want anything. Compassionate neighboring. Yes. Gene says she'll give him some cakes anyway as a gift, even though she doesn't have to. How can anyone think that that's capitalism? <laughs> so what they did was they've changed the situation now to where Jack says, no, I don't want anything. I'm going to do it completely for free. And Gene says, sir, I will not allow you to do this for free. I must give you this as a thank you. And that is what they say will occur under socialism. Now, that's, that's not what they said in the, in the first tweet. They said, Jack can fix this. And Gene says that she'll give him a cake as a thank you. But now that everyone clearly tore that one apart easily, um, they they've changed it, okay, just a just a little bit, all right. It's still capitalism, by the way. It's still it is. It's it's still voluntarily trading. Now what they're what they're assuming here, they even put in the pictures fixed for free, <laughs> <laughs> given as a gift. Did they pay gift tax on that? <laughs> you see, I think anytime. And you go to Starbucks. So now Jack has to pay gift tax. I give Starbucks a gift of $5 for the coffee, you know. They give you the coffee for free. And the coffee's free. (laughs) Now what they're asserting is that Jack still would have fixed the door for free. But you went down the line on this yesterday and said, well, Jack knows a lot of people that need their doors fixed, you know. And Jack has needs too. Let's not forget men have needs. Ladies, and Jean understands the needs of a man. Trust me, okay? That's why she has all that cake. (laughs) And so, um, would he still go fix it for free? Maybe he might fix Jean's, but what about the next person and the next person? And what if someone in that neighborhood doesn't know how to tighten up hinges? All right, what if it's a full neighborhood full of women, you know? And they just can't figure it out. They're just a bunch of cake bakers, and that's all they know how to do. No one can tighten a hinge on a door with a screwdriver. And they say they don't need men. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, dumb bleep number one, Socialist Party of Great Britain. We appreciate, as always, the free content. And you're right, Bailey. It's, yeah, it's the same reasoning Bernie used when he gives you a free book if you buy a ticket to his presentation. It's the same thing. Just like free shipping with Amazon. The shipping's free. You just have a membership. That's all you got. Well, who's next? Bernie's next. Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> nice segue into mm-hmm. into Bernie. Um, there's a little bit of a video here. I'm, you know, I was gonna, you know, listen to Charlie's Bernie impression. I love Bernie, but his uh, read this tweet here for us, I guess. All right, Bernie tweets. So that was Dumbleep number one is the Socialist Party of Great Britain. Dumbleep number two is old BS. 
He tweets out, if you've got $5 billion, do you really need to step on people in order to get another $5 billion? When is enough going to be enough for these guys? These guys. <laughs> Sexist. Gosh. All right. I don't think there's any women billionaires? I think this is probably him saying the same thing. The people on top are really obsessed with greed. Look, it's understandable. Everybody wants to have more money. You want to live a good life. That's natural. We all do. But if you have $5 billion, do you really need to step on people in order to get another $5 billion? How much money do these people need? Yeah. And then you, what, it's not just inequality in terms of money. Okay, so just this basic idea, first off, we could easily say, well, doesn't Bernie have enough money? First off, why does he get to say five billion? When does when is enough enough? Does he hasn't he stepped on enough people to get the millions of dollars that he has? You know, did he really need to get paid again for another? Why isn't he just going around doing these uh, book tours for free? What? Yeah, or just writing a book out of the graciousness of his own heart? So he he decided that you know he needs more money. So the the main issue I had with this was. The person's got $5 billion. Do you really need to step on people to get the another $5 billion? That is a, a complete disconnect from how one obtains a worth of $5 billion. It, now, if I thought that everyone who had $5 billion, let's put on our socialist hat. It's my socialist hat. If I thought that everyone who had $5 billion had just stepped on, raped and pillaged, to get to that five I was say, billion. What is this, the 1500s? Yeah. <laughs> then I would probably feel the same way that he does about them stealing a, another five billion from It'd people. It'd be Robin Hood. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, yeah, well, the rich, this isn't fair because the rich are rich from stealing, not from actually providing value. And so I think a lot of the, um, I, I think a lot of that disconnect comes from how socialists or democratic socialists or people on the left view the way that you get money or that you get worth. They think that you can only get it from stealing from people, which is not the case. A really good example, up until the last few years, when Tesla actually became profitable, was that Musk was worth, let's just say, $50 billion from Tesla. And Tesla was worth however many billions of dollars, and they had never profited any money. Okay? Now, a lot of people would say, well, Musk was only worth that money because he was stealing from the workers of Tesla, but the workers of Tesla had never produced a profit. He was only worth and that they money got paid. and they still got paid. Yeah. He was running in the negative. And so they think that he got that by stealing. In fact, he got it because he owned a company and other people who invest money into companies had deemed that company to be worth that much money, that that was it. And so his idea that you'd have to step on people to get another 5 billion is just Incorrect. Yep. And we can always use the Milton Friedman quote, which is, it's always the other person mm -hmm. who's greedy, not you. Like you, you want, you know, 90%, because that's the argument. Let's go back to 90% tax rates. You want 90% of this guy's $5 billion to go into the system. Well, to help people because you're virtuous. That's all the government does but is still, help people. But still, you're wanting to steal 90% of this guy's worth just because, and it's not because you're greedy. It couldn't be. Mm -mm. Except that's that's 
what it is. You're envious. It's actually probably not greed. It would be envy. You're envious that others have what you do not. And rather than trying to reach that level or reach a level that you're comfortable with, you'd much rather try to bring that person down to your level because it's not fair. I believe Ayn Rand said that envy was just greed for the unearned. Pretty good right there. That's, you know, only she said it with a way thicker accent than that. need a few words. Yeah. All right. That's number two, Bernie. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of greed, I wanted to make this quick point. This here chart is oil. The price of oil per barrel. Speaking of greed, it doesn't go directly along with what Bernie was saying, but I wanted to mention that is it truly the case that all of the oil companies decided not to be greedy anymore? Because what I see on this chart is oil that went from about $65 a barrel up to 120 It actually popped up to 130 at one point in time. This chart doesn't show that. Which Venezuela was happy. And then, yeah. And then all the way back down to 65 that was down to 66 this morning before it started bouncing. And... It, what happened? Were they only greedy on the left side of this chart? <laughs> and then everyone was like, okay, greed, done. We're done with it now. No one price gouge anymore. All that really changed was people's buying power. Just the market. That's all that changed. So I just wanted to throw that quick tidbit in because I used it in a conversation with someone earlier. Yeah. Number three is equal payday. So you want to describe what we talked about earlier in the week for equal payday? You want to start with this letter? I mean, we don't have to go through the whole thing, but, you know, just the synopsis of what we, your thoughts. Oh, well, um, it's not true. It's, that's it. It's, the, well, okay. So the wokest leftist talking point, let's say, or even a lot of feminists out there who think that they earn less than men uh, based on sexism alone is wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you account for the variables, uh, women make more. And so it's really not fair. Maybe I'm for equal payday, but I'm on the man's side. <laughs> I like <laughs> And equal... I know that I'm a white cis male talking about this, but I just the facts. I, I like don't... equal productivity day. I think men should be able to take the first three months of the year off until women catch up, you know? Uh, so on the, uh, the list here for number three, we had that letter that we read earlier in the week. Uh, and you have the president of the United States agreeing with an eight-year-old. Yeah, probably got to be younger than that. Might be spelling six. errors and six, terrible handwriting. Five or six years old, yeah. If it's even a real kid, kid, honestly. And if it is a kid, your parents suck, kid. I know you're probably listening right now, a big fan of the show. Um, don't be telling your kids about how they're not going to be able to get paid as much as men in, in life or anything when they're young enough to not be able to spell and write properly yet, whatever age that is. Daisy from the live group says, you know, it was actually Biden who wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably was. That's how he spells. And then uh, the other thing was the, the screenshot we used from NPR uh, saying that women have to work nearly 15 months to earn what a man earns in 12. And that's been true for decades. The reason they put, and that's been true for decades, is because it's not true. And they know it's not true, but they have to reassert that it's true just to reinforce their position mm -hmm. and, and gaslight you. So they had to put the words, this is true, in their actual post about it. Yeah. Something I noticed afterwards. 
That's quick for number three, equal pay. That was quick. Number one, Socialist Party of Great Britain. Number two, Bernie, five billion. Number three, equal payday. And I went ahead and put the vote numbers out there just for you, Tom. That way, if you have to leave, you can stick a vote in before you leave. There you go. Okay. Even if we don't make it all the way through, you could at least vote for the you know the first eight. I like thinking ahead right there. See how nice That's I am? Good. How about that? Wow. Who just says a... he doesn't provide any value? Who's saying that? Whoever said that? Um, Charles, we got a two-parter here for Everything is Racist. Um, this one from Pop Tings. All right. They tweeted, hashtag The Little Mermaid trailer on YouTube is currently being mass disliked by racists. The recently re released trailer has over 600,000 dislikes and the teaser trailer over 3 million dislikes. So somebody replied and said, not everything is related to racism. So Pop Tings wanted to reply to uh, karma is a fad and said systemic racism is actually ingrained into all social, political, economic, and legislative institutions. These institutions have naturalized and normalized racism into people that it almost becomes invisible. So yes, this is racist. Because everything is racist. It has to be. There's no other explanation. That's what Maybe they thought it was a dumb trailer. That's one of the parts. Now they did, it got disliked because the Little Mermaid is black or, or whatever, you know? People don't like change. People don't like change. That's one thing. Now, I personally, I don't, I specifically do not care when it's a fictional, made-up, fairy tale character. You can make mermaid purple. Bro. Don't I care. Don't really care. I only care. It's it's a half person, half fish. I'm actually upset that the Little Mermaid's not Asian. Who was for it? For you. I'm mad for you. I've, I've been waiting this whole time. Your Asian grandma just died. Yeah. She didn't. She grew up her whole life without having herself represented in a fish girl. I know. She was afraid to identify as Asian her whole life anyway, <laughs> you know, scared. So, um, listen, I don't think people should really care about this, but I do understand, and people should understand it, especially people on the left, or people say you're a member of a minority group, whatever that is, should understand, just to make a, a, a nuanced point here, I do think people like to see themselves represented somehow in lead characters in movies. If that weren't the case, then no one would ever care to change the color or sex or whatever of a character in a TV show or a movie. It is the case, because that is the argument that people make, that it is important for kids to see themselves as the hero or the main character in the movie because that's what most of us do when we watch movies. And so if that is important, if that's important for, uh, say, a, a little uh, a black kid, like I see myself as the hero, that's also important for everyone, including white kids, that you want to see yourself as the hero or the main character in the movie. And so when people are like, oh, I don't like that they changed this character, people need to realize, well, it's totally fine. It's a fake character anyway. Like, who cares? But also... You can't just say that you care enough to change the character so people can see themselves, but then now all the other people who can no longer see themselves shouldn't care. 
that that argument to me those things mm. don't mix in my in my opinion i agree with magoo it's a, it's an attack on redheaded white females it is yeah and not just because they're females it's bad enough that they're females yeah but the deal with being redheaded redheaded also, and a female i mean they've had it hard enough exactly you know and now they're getting their mermaid taken can't away. let them have one they're getting their dolls taken away yeah. Uh, I, get, I get it. This um, this Toure, not Maj, okay, uh, we're talking about the word woke. And now the word woke, just so you know, Charlie, you said it earlier, and I don't think you meant to just blurt out the W word out loud, but the word woke is also a, is a slur now. Of course. Against people on par with... Go ahead and read. So... He tweets and says, at this point, woke is a slur. Never mind that they call us actual terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a slur because it's true. The way the right uses it is an undercover way of saying those people or non-white people. It's a polite way of saying the N-word, but in this case, the N-word includes blacks, LGBTQ folks, and other marginalized groups. <sighs> the way they... they quote tweet um this and says the way the right uses woke is it is a slur a sneaky dog whistle way of saying the n-word but bravo to you for perpetrating perpetuating, perpetuating white supremacy oh god oh man uh, you know woke people what are you gonna do it's, you know, <laughs> it's not their fault oh i had another thing i wanted to say but i can't nope Probably not. Can't say if that. If you think one. we can't say it, we probably can't. <laughs> I was going to use a hard R with woke. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say woke. I, you can say woker if you Ers. want to. That's fine. <laughs> Those wokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if I could. I was trying to figure no. it out. No, we mind. want no wokers in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get rid of all of them. Yeah. Do you think this will stay up on YouTube? I, I think it's worth trying right yeah i think it's worth trying <laughs> so that's all number four everything is racist including the word woke yeah all right okay so now we get to we've talked about this before reparations and uh, as it pertains to san francisco well so this is the silicon valley bank it's just gonna be paying these reparations <laughs> yes. Dang it, that would be a good one <laughs> for sure yeah. Um, so the last time we talked about it, the the board hadn't actually talked about this yet. This was just a plan, a draft proposal. Well, now the board is actually hearing this and are open to it and going over the ideas now. And I think there's a chance they're going to go with some of this stuff that's in it, even though they know they can't pay for any of it. But I, I think Probably. they're going to do it. Um, there is an article in here. If if you want to do it, or I can, you yeah, can do this. Can do it. However much of it we want to get through. All right. San Francisco board is open to reparations with five million dollar payouts. Payments of five million dollars to every eligible black adult. The elimination of personal debt and tax burdens. Guaranteed annual incomes of at least ninety seven thousand dollars for two hundred and fifty years. And homes in San Francisco for just one dollar. It's down there on the dollar menu. <laughs> one dollar a family. They got ninety-seven thousand of those dollars. 
They're going to get a shop at the dollar menu. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors, hearing the report for the first time Tuesday, voiced enthusiastic support for the ideas listed, with some saying money should not stop the city from doing the right thing. <laughs> money should not stop the city from doing the right thing. If you don't have the money, it shouldn't stop you. You just do it. Several supervisors said they were surprised to hear pushback from politically liberal San Franciscans, apparently unaware that the legacy of slavery and racist policies continue to keep black Americans on the bottom rungs of health, education, and economic prosperity and overrepresented in prisons and homeless populations. The draft reparations plan released in December is unmatched nationwide in, a spe- uh, in, it, in its specificity and breadth. Breadth. It's a weird word. The committee has, hasn't done an analysis of the cost of the proposals, but critics have slammed the plan as financially and politically impossible. Uh, continuing on down here, fewer than 50,000 black people still live in the city, and it's not clear how many would be eligible. Possible criteria include having lived in the city during the certain time periods uh, and descending from someone incarcerated for the failed war on drugs. I mean, is number five, Tom, by the way. Yeah. And under San Francisco's draft recommendation, a person would have to be at least 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American in public documents for at least 10 years. That's why I made this meme Yeah, right here. Eligible people must also meet two of eight other criteria, though the list may change. So there you have it, folks. Um, the uh, There's a part in here that I... I really think we've 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 got to make a point on. They say in San Francisco, black residents once made up more than thirteen percent of the city's population, but more than fifty years later, they account for less than six percent. Now, that could either mean that they chased half the people out of town, or a whole bunch of other people of different nationalities moved into town and diluted their share. Um, and 38% of its homeless population. The Fillmore District once thrived with black-owned nightclubs and shops until government redevelopment in the 1960s forced out residents. And so the point I wanted to make there is these problems, especially what San Francisco was mentioning because they didn't have slavery in California. Never did. What they are mentioning are things that the government did to disadvantage people. Okay. And the government is now entertaining the idea that the government should take money from all of the other people in order to make right an injustice that the government committed against the group of people. Can someone make that make sense (laughs) for me? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to right your wrongs when it's not your money. You know? It's their wrongs. It's the, the, it's the government that mm-hmm. did it. The government had Jim Crow laws, you know? And they get to come back and take the money from, from us? How about just the people who voted for the people that were in government that voted for those things? Let's go back in the voter rolls, okay? Because in San Francisco, those are essentially the, uh, the slaveholders. Pull up the apparently. records. Yeah, pull them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope. Nope, not going to happen. Um, there was a Thomas Sowell quote that Thomas Sowell quotes put out today. So thousands of free blacks owned slaves in the antebellum South. 
thousands of free blacks own slaves in the antebellum South. Antebellum means before the Civil War. We know that because of lady before the Civil War. And years after the Emancipation Proclamation in the United States, whites as well as blacks were still being bought and sold as slaves in North Africa and the Middle East. Anyone who wants reparations based on history will have to gerrymander history very carefully. Otherwise, practically everybody would owe reparations to practically everybody else. Said in only the way Thomas Sowell could say it. Which means we should just... Slate's clean. Why don't we just call it? Yeah. You know? You owe me, I owe you. We'll just cancel those out. That's what you do in math, by the way, which mm-hmm. is why math is racist. You know, you cancel <laughs> the two from both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, they add everything up. Everything cancels each other out. Racism. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I learned, me... That I wasn't very good at setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries can be tricky to learn, but through this experience, I was able to gain a healthier version of me. One thing I learned is self-awareness and learning how to understand situations from different points of view. Uh, Something very important, by the way, for our show. It is. It's extremely important. Sometimes we don't know what we want, like what I want, or why we react. Why did I get mad about that? Why did I care about that so much? Until we actually talk through things. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And you've used it before, right? I do. I currently you use, use it right now. BetterHelp right now. When's and the I last have, time you talked to your BetterHelp therapist? I have one scheduled tomorrow. Okay. All right. How's it been so far? Amazing. Yeah? Yes. Easy? It's easy. It's convenient. It's the best way to do therapy. Now, you've been stuck with the same person the whole time? No, I've changed. That's pretty cool. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. You never had to meet with a person, like in person, right? All online. Okay. That's my kind of thing right there. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just, did you do the brief question there? I did. You filled that out? You got matched with a therapist? I did. And then you switched to a different one later on? With no additional charge. How about that? So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. That's what it equals out to. Yeah. Okay, number six. That was number five. That was number five. Number six, uh, we'll just be real quick, we'll m- mention the Wellesley College, which we talked about yesterday. Uh, the story from the New York Times at Wellesley College, students are voting to admit Trans men, well, Wellesley College is a historically female college, women's college, and they're now going to be admitting trans men, in my opinion, admitting that they know that they're actually women. But, hey, who, who knows? They've, I don't know. They already, they're already admitting men who identify as women. Yes. So trans women. So Everyone except for... Yeah men who identify as men are going to be able to go to this college. That's part of number six. Number six I named identify as um, because also... Which I feel like violates Title IX or something like that. Oh, it's going to go to court and whoever sues is going to win. Like they're literally excluding one particular group. Yeah. Straight men. It's crazy. They they exclude gay men too if they identify as men. Mm. So it's just going to be men who also know that they're men. 
I was going to say identify as, but the truth, truth talkers. Um, let's see. Still in number six here from the Oscars, uh, Michelle Yeoh wins Oscar for this is from NPR. Michelle Yeoh wins the Oscar for Best Actress, making history as the first person who identifies as Asian to win the <laughs> award. Just so you know, looked it up. She's also the first person who was Asian to win the award. The other person that they talk about was someone who uh, had Asian ancestry, like not even, I mean, she didn't even look Asian or anything. She had Asian on the side of her face, like as Asian as I'm Asian. Okay, I'm an eighth Asian. <laughs> okay, that person didn't win the Oscar. They were nominated for one. Okay, the other person who won was someone who won an Oscar and they played an Asian. They donned yellow face. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally what the Washington Post said. <laughs> okay, and squinty eyes. I, I'm sure that's yeah. that's sure that's what they did. No, she's the first Asian. Okay, to so, to win so the award, she's the first real Asian and the first <laughs> yes. like one that identifies as Asian too. Nice. Well, congrats, Michelle. They changed they they uh, changed this by the way. Um, I had a, a click on this; it wouldn't even open anything up anymore. It's um, they got a lot of flack for it. God, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> like you can't even just be Asian anymore. If you're a like you're Asian. And you just won in the war and you're the first one. They call you, who is an Asian, someone who identifies as Asian. What if they did that to a black person? <laughs> you know? Like Kevin Hart, the first man under five foot six who identifies as black to win an Oscar. <laughs> like, what if they did that? Well, if you throw the height in there, it could be it could be accurate anyway. Um, all right, so this one here, this is Joseph R. Biden, the president, talking to Cal Penn, who is most famous for being in the Harold and Kumar movies. I only know him because he was on a couple seasons of House. He had an abrupt exit because he left to go work for the Obama administration right after Obama was uh, elected president. His uh, exit... Spoiler alert from 2008. It wasn't good. He wasn't able to come back on the show. Um, anyway, he's interviewing the president about when the president knew that he was a supporter of gay marriage. And the president tells a story about his epiphany on when he knew that he was in favor of gay marriage. And so let's hear what the president had to say. And interracial marriages like, like ours. I'm curious what your evolution was like on marriage equality and what the federal government might be able to do to protect LGBTQ Americans, especially trans kids who are dealing with all these regressive state laws that are popping up right now. I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh -huh. the truth. And I was, a, I was a senior in high school and my dad was dropping me off I remember about to get out of the car and I looked to my right and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked to my dad. He said, Joe, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. 
It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been, it's, it's, it's never been. It's he's, never, having, he's, having mm. real, he's having a lot of trouble coming up with ways to corroborate with, the lie. With the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God, what did we talk about before this interview? Shit. Now, when Calpin asked him, you know, I want to know about your evolution on gay marriage. I think what he meant was, you know, when you were the vice president, you were still against gay marriage. Can you talk to me about how this happened? And he's like, oh, it was when it was in 1961. That was when I knew that this was okay. And Cal Penn's like, what? Yep. That's his what face? Like, are, are you doing this right now? No, that's not what happened. But I, surely that had to be going through his head. Cal Penn. Because Obama was against gay marriage in 2008. Cal Penn was there. He left the TV show House to work in the Obama administration, which was officially against gay marriage. Okay. And Biden's sitting here telling him who was there that he had always been in favor of it. Just, you know, it's simple. You can just it's simple. It's crazy how you can revise history so easily. Here's one quick clip of a 2008 debate performance, uh, him and uh, Sarah Palin. Let's try to avoid nuance, Senator. Let me Do be you support for... gay marriage? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a, from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face, determination, what you call it. The bottom line, though, is... Hmm. Okay, so that's one. And the problem, like, what does he think people are going to do on this? Like, it's so easy to come up with stuff on this. This is radio address uh, yesterday and tomorrow in the Rose Garden to talk about a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. You know, think about this. The world's going to Hades in a handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's hmm. Awkward, right? You would think. That's, you would think it would be. I wanted to double check, though, the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, which said that man was between a man marriage was between a man and whatever woman he chooses um that's not what it said uh just to make sure biden did in fact vote uh for that <laughs> as well <clears throat> but anyway it was when he was in high school and he saw these two well-dressed men kissing simple it's when he knew yeah do these buildings that he talks about even exist? <laughs> like do those corporations? The thing was made up. Yeah. Well, he mentions a DuPont or something. I mean, that's a real place. I don't know what the was other was. Was he top of his class? <laughs> he probably was. Yeah. He was, you know, I was about to start my AP German <laughs> class that I was taking at high school. I, I had a 8.7 GPA there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just noticed these, 
well-dressed men locking tongues and you know, doing other things I can't describe on this thing. And it was simple. It was simple. It made, at first, I didn't know that it could go there. It could go in there. But then it, I saw it happen. Yeah. And it was simple for me. I voted against it my whole you know, political career, but I'm just telling you back then it was simple. So now you have to believe that Biden was in favor of gay marriage, knew that it was right, knew that it was two people who loved each other and voted against it or in favor of outlawing it or whatever, his whole political career so he could stay in power. And so therefore he's a person who, even though he knew it was wrong, he did whatever he needed to do to stay in power. The, The truth of the answer is, I became I became in favor of when the polls shifted. Mm-hmm. 2012. That's that's when the polls shifted. In fact, it was right around the day that the Supreme Court ruled on ruled on this. It was yeah. right around that day, and everyone was okay with it. That's what it was. The willingness to just the problem is he'll outright lie about this, and all the politicians, a lot of politicians do this. He'll outright lie to someone. First off, who was in the Obama administration? He's talking to the to a person. He um, was like a communications director or something, something like, like that. that. Right? I, yeah, I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. I don't think he was there for long. Um, he'll outright lie to that person and on TV, and they'll have a real conversation about a fake situation that didn't happen. And everyone is going to act like it's the truth, even though everyone knows it isn't the truth. There's only a few nayers in here. Yeah. Who only said f- nay? Hmm. Let's see. Mosley Braun, Democrat, Illinois. I I know a I'm not gonna get elected anymore. Voted nay. From hmm. Hawaii. Okay. So anyway, that's number seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight. That's from the Washington Post. I was an article on this one too. Yeah, a Christian school in Vermont has banned. Uh, was banned by the state's athletic association for violating policies against gender discrimination. So, in Vermont. Oh, what a city. Mm. <laughs> What's that? What, what does he say? What was that? Uh, be- what does he say? What a, Beautiful a town? Something about a town. Yeah. yeah. Man, I used to have that on the board. About three weeks ago, a Vermont high school girls basketball team forfeited a playoff game. The reason? The opposing team had a transgender player. There was a boy playing on the girls' team. That's what that (laughs) meant. The head of Mid-Vermont Christian School said participating would be unfair and unsafe for its players. So this this boy was stronger than the girls. He was making more money. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah, that's, yeah. Unfair. The February 21st game was the final activity the state's athletic association will invite the school to. The Vermont Principals Association wrote a letter Monday explaining that Mid-Vermont Christian had violated the organization's policies against gender discrimination. Mid-Vermont Christian School is ineligible to participate in VPA activities going forward, the association's executive council and staff wrote in the letter. Vicki Fogg, Mid-Vermont's Christian's head of school, said in a statement to the Washington Post that the small private school will appeal the decision Competing against a transgender player, quote, jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of our players and sets a bad precedent for the future of women's sports in general, which is common consent. Long Trail, a small private school in Dorset, Vermont, 
they're probably all small private schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, advanced to the next round and lost. None of the Long Trail's other opponents complained about the transgender player, according to the Valley News. The school's athletic director did not respond to requests for comment. So what I was going to ask you about this is, it's a weird form of gender discrimination, in my in my opinion. Now, they, they forfeited the game. Like, they took the loss. They took the L. You know? Um... It's a weird form of gender discrimination when it's a, like, this is a school and this is a boy who's playing on the girls' team. And everyone is supposed to accept that that is still an all girls' team and that they're not going to play against this team because of one of the players equates to gender discrimination. It's just really weird. Like, if you had a boy who said that they were a boy on the team. Then everyone would be like, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. Of course they forfeited. The kid's going to run all over him. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> but if the boy says he's a girl, no problem. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Nothing wrong. That's great. I just want to say, um, was it, was this middle school, high school? Like what? It was a high school, I think. Okay. Pretty sure. Uh, I had down here, there's a reason that we separate sports by gender. We don't have to get into all of that. We also separate them out by age for a reason as well. Like you wouldn't want a 25-year-old girl on the team playing against people either. You know? Could you imagine like LeBron James <laughs> playing with his kid in high school? <clears throat> like, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play yeah. games. He yeah. identifies as a kid. Can't discriminate based on age. <laughs> That's ageism. That's a, Yeah. <laughs> Says it right here. Number nine, as we get into some of the crazy things people are saying about trans kids, good Lord. You know, if we could all just have like a reasonable conversation about stuff, I feel like we could talk and we could have agreements on stuff. Like, Charlie, do you think that there are kids who are born with um, gender dysphoria? Yes. Okay. You want to like force them to never be the person that their brain says that they are? No. What would you, would you allow them to transition into that gender while they are a child? No. Fascist. (laughs) (laughs) That. Well, let's go to uh, Minnesota's Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. What a Minnesotan name, Flanagan. Come on. Peggy Flanagan. That is a Minnesotan if I ever heard of her. Here's what she had to say. Or he, I don't know. What is she going to talk about? Because let's be clear. When someone says let's be clear, it is the muddiest heap of bullshit you ever heard that's coming up right now. of people say like, look, or here's the deal. Yeah. Let's be clear. I just want to clarify. And here, like, here's the deal. Let's be clear. I know more than you do. Mm -hmm. That's what they're, that's how they're going to follow it up. It's always, let's be clear, is always a qualifier on something that is definitely not clear. Mm -hmm. That's what it's before. Because let's be clear. This is life-affirming and life-saving healthcare. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grownups to listen and to believe them. No. 
No, it's not. <laughs> God. How is this a thing? Oh, God, these people are so dumb. What happened? So dumb. We've taken, we've, okay. We've, t- what I think has happened. And serious is, question for the live group too. While he's saying this, here's, someone tell me in the live group too, what, how you think this happened. I do well, not understand. I, I think I know how this happened. Okay. Okay. We are evolving as a species. And one thing that I don't think that humans have had enough time to think about is what is emotional intelligence. And I think that that's true. I, I really do. I think for the longest time, we've just had to survive, right? And we haven't, we haven't dove, delved into like the emotional processes, right? So <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious. But no, I really think this is happening. Mm-hmm. I think so. I could be wrong, but here's my hypothesis is that as we're learning emotional intelligence, we're taking it way too far. Like people think that empathy means that I have to agree and I can't provide any counterpoints, but validating how you feel means I have to agree with how you feel and affirm it and affirm it by actually advocating for like physical changes. But how did we get this way with children? And you can even move this away from even the trans kid issue. I know from sources close to me that this is an idea that parents have increasingly with their kids as it relates to homework and tests and things in school. Like this idea that you should believe all children, mm-hmm. you know, well, how do we get to that? Well, it's, it's coming because there were parenting tactics on the opposite of the, of the spectrum that did create trauma. It's not like that's not real, right? Like if you spend your whole life with your dad yelling at you. You think it's overcompensation in the other direction? That's overcompensation in the other direction. We're just like, oh, I'll believe all kids. But that's not the, that's not yeah. it. You Like, okay, I'm a parent. I, I have a son who's autistic, by the way. And we struggle a lot with balancing out like good parenting techniques and then also knowing that he's a child and doesn't know anything. That's a balancing act. And also the fact that there is a way that you have to interact with someone who has autism. Uh, that a, Or even the, just a child. The usual, I would just say, my assumption would be, because I have people in family also, my assumption would be that the usual forms of parenting don't work the same way. No. For someone who has autism. Not at all. Well, I say not at all. In, a lot of times, no. In some ways, but it, you yeah. can't you can't rule with brute force as easily as you can with someone who doesn't have autism, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Not, I'm. I don't mean like brute force, like like you, I know I made a fist at the same time too, but fear doesn't work <clears throat> as well because and yeah. because I said so doesn't work as well, right? Either sometimes you have to if you. If a kid is doing one thing and you want them to do another, you got to get them excited about the other thing or they're not going to want to stop doing or the Or give other. them the why or yeah. a plan, those types of things. I'm just trying to figure out how parents somehow decided that if their kids said a thing that they felt or wanted, that you must affirm that to the point of surgery 
or hormone therapy. Otherwise, you don't believe how. Yeah. <laughs> or you. Otherwise, you want to eradicate trans kids or something like that. Like how? How did this happen? You can, like you. Okay. You can validate someone's feelings. Here's the the real emotional intelligence. You can validate someone's feelings without agreeing with them. So, for instance, I already, I've already I already have this planned out. If my I I do I've thought about this stuff. If my son comes to me, let's say you know he's twelve, about to go through puberty or starting puberty, or he's in the middle of puberty, and he comes to me, he's like, "Dad, I'm feeling like a girl." And I could I what I could say to him is like, "Man, I get that. I understand your feelings. It's a very confusing time in your life right now. You're twelve. You got different feelings going on. There's hormones going. You explain the why, right? Yeah. You know, and I'd be like." You know, you probably you probably want to know what it's like to have, you know, boobies or whatever, or to not have a penis. Can you have one? You probably want to. You wonder what that's like. You're the thing curious. Is you, don't, you don't actually have to have this conversation because I'll save the recording of the conversation and you and can just, just play, play it. For it just play him the video. Right. Yeah. Parker, I figured this out six years ago. It's like in a time capsule, ready to go. Now, everything that I'm saying right now is validating his feelings. That mm -hmm. they're not, he's not crazy for thinking something like that. Because no one is. A lot of kids go through this. I went through this as a kid. I remember telling my mom, like, I want to be a girl. But my motivation was because I wanted to know what it was like to feel boobies. <laughs> that was my motivation. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I don't care. I wanted to know what it was like to not have a penis. <laughs> you know? What's it like to have the other thing that I don't have? You know? All right, let's reel little, it in. <laughs> little did I know. Pump pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. <laughs> but if my mom just went with that, right, my whole life would be destroyed. Because it turns out I really like being a dude. Mm-hmm. You know? All this power and everything. That's <laughs> you get paid more. And, and so... What that does, by the way, okay, so now you're validating the kid's feelings, but you move it in a different direction and say that it's understandable and it's very confusing, but hey, you don't know what the future holds, man. Now, if you have, if he has those feelings all the way up until 18 and he decides on his own and he's an adult now and he wants to go through all of that, whatever, man, you know? Woman. <laughs> I don't think that's, I can say, like, I don't think that's a good idea, but like, you're an adult now. I'm not gonna, I can't force you, you know, to, to be what you need to be, to be what you should be. Um, but at the same time, it's like that also allows them to explore other possibilities for why they're might be feeling the way that they're feeling. And that's emotional intelligence, by the way, is able to be, being able to process your feelings and understand them and explore why you're feeling that way. That's when true emotional intelligence comes into play. Not expecting other people to affirm your feelings. That's not emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is to be able to be able to process why you're feeling a certain way and what the possibilities might be, and then how you can direct yourself uh, in through that through uh, navigating life after those feelings. Because feelings are important. We're emotional beings, right? With this happens on the podcast all the time. We go through this dumb stuff, makes you mad. You know, why are you mad? You know, so it's like, I think, I think we've gone too far in overcompensating where we lived so long as just surviving that now we actually have to process our feelings because so many things are taken care of for us. We're having all of these feelings and not knowing where it comes from. Used to, you got anxiety 
because you were actually going to be eaten by like a cat, like a lion, mm-hmm. you know? So you better be anxious. Now we're anxious because I don't know. We you left, get enough likes on your Instagram posts. Yeah. And you left yeah. the cookies in the oven for too long. And now, hey, that happens. now your friends doesn't have cookies. You're going to give them to them. And you promised them cookie, like a bunch of bullshit problems. Lacey burnt the cornbread the other day. <sighs> you know what I said? Divorce. I said, Hmm, I like it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Reich says, nothing says the part, this is all number nine, we got one more. Nothing says the party of freedom like banning speech in classrooms, outlawing abortions, and criminalizing gender-affirming health care. Mm-hmm. If you would like to outlaw gender-affirming health care for minors, by the way, I don't think anyone's outlawing gender-affirming health care for adults, but if you want to outlaw gender-affirming health care for minors, then you cannot claim to be the party of freedom. We're all fine with raising the age of smoking to 21. <laughs> that happens somehow. Yeah. You but, know. yeah, you know, you want to cut your penis off when you're 12? No big deal. Plus, we have other laws against harming children. <laughs> right. You know, so you can't have any laws against harming children, I guess, and stay, still say that you're the party of freedom mm-hmm. at the same time. The banning speech in classrooms, uh, whatever. Can't say gay in Florida. Government classrooms, I think the state government directs what the education specifications are going to be. And if he wants to change that, I think he should support school choice. Outlawing abortions, there are some who say that that is actually protecting lives. The freedom of that child. As it turns out, every successful abortion ends in a death, you know? And so I think there's enough room for a yep. nuanced conversation about whether or not that is protecting someone from harm. I got I got to say though, I don't think this is Robert Reich's fault. He never grew up. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Okay, number ten. Oh, I want to do this activity with everyone real quick. Now this is a this is a post I saw. When you see these posts, you never know if they're real. This person says, a friend of mine who works in a public university, this is number 10, sent this to me earlier this week. It's part one of a DEI training his department is forced to take, starting with an exercise that asks which intersectional identities you'd save and which you'd leave to die. This person says this is demonic. So I saw this, I mean... What is DEI? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, God. Um... I saw this and I'm like, well, who knows if this is even a real thing. So I found like the actual thing, the real thing. So in this, what's essentially happening is the 12 persons listed below have been selected as passengers on a spaceship for a flight to another planet because tomorrow planet Earth is doomed for destruction. Must be that thing that uh, Greta was tweeting about. Due to changes in space limitations, it has now been determined that only eight persons may go. Any eight qualify. Your task is to select the eight passengers who will make the trip. And so, Charlie, I want to know, it might be faster just to say the four that you're not going to take. You are moving the human race to a new planet because planet Earth is about to be destroyed. We'll go through the list. An accountant... A Muslim medical student, the accountant's pregnant wife, a famous writer, a liberal art college student, a 55-year-old university administrator, a professional basketball player, a minister, a female movie star, 
an armed police officer, an orphaned 12-year-old boy, or a bank manager. Mm. So those, those are the people. Now, that might not have been clear enough. This one that this guy posted, they wanted to clarify a little bit more. Okay. An accountant with a substance abuse problem, a militant African-American medical student, a 33-year-old female Native American manager who does not speak English. What does she speak? I don't know. The Choctaw? The accountant's pregnant wife, a famous novelist with a physical disability, a 21-year-old female Muslim international student, a Hispanic clergyman who is against homosexuality, a female movie star who was recently the victim of a sexual assault. So she says. <laughs> Kidding. Jeez. Was she on a Harvey Weinstein movie? A racist armed police officer who has been accused of using excessive force. He's out automatically. A gay male professional athlete vegetarian. An Asian orphaned 12-year-old boy or a 60-year-old Jewish university administrator. I do like that they changed bank manager from a Jewish university administrator. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we have to prioritize knowing my hierarchy of oppressed people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to post this in here for everyone to, we would to have tell to, me the four people you're not going to take. We would have okay. to prioritize the people that are going based on their race. Okay, based on their uh, their status, uh, sexual orientation, and also disability. Yeah, the normal people have to stay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, if you want to pass this DEI test, mm -hmm. you've you've got to say the four people. Charlie says normal. Now that's not a politically correct term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the four. Normal people uh, will not be able. The accountant's pregnant. Why the accountant with a substance abuse problem? Probably a douchebag white guy. I can just tell you. And the substance is cocaine. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And you don't want drug. his pregnant wife either, because statistically she's probably white too, and she's pregnant, which means she's straight. There's two people likely. gone already. So those people got to leave. Yeah. Okay. Now, Asians aren't as important, although this one's orphaned. So maybe, and you have to keep the Jewish university administrator, that's for sure. A gay male, definitely keeping that one. Has to go. Police officers, he, first of all, he's racist and he's been accused of using excessive force. Well, hold on. This Hispanic clergyman is against homosexuality. But he's Hispanic, so we got to But he's hang against. On. Um, well, that might be the fourth one because the rest of them are all, yeah. So that one's iffy. We have three for sure an accountant with a substance abuse problem and the accountant's pregnant wife. And then the racist armed police officer, there's three for sure that are gone. So, yeah, I think it's the Hispanic clergyman who's against homosexuality. Okay. Because all the other ones have to stay. I now, mean, so the African-American is a militant, but they're also a medical student, so they got to they gotta go. A 33-year-old female Native American who does not speak English, top of the list. It's a Native American manager, so if you do find any other Native Americans there, she could help manage those people. A famous novelist with a physical disability. That one's got to go, physical disability. 
A 21-year-old female, stop there. It doesn't even matter that it's a Muslim international student. 21-year-old female, got to go. You're saying got to go like they have to go on the trip. On the ship. trip, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a female movie star was recently the victim of a sexual assault. Female movie star, automatically, they have been oppressed here on <clears throat> Earth. We need to take yeah. them to a new place. A gay male, stop there. Doesn't matter that they're vegetarian or professional athlete. An Asian orphan 12-year-old boy in a 60-year-old Jewish university. I think we passed. You think we passed? Now, there's obviously other ways <laughs> But of what doing I would this. write on this, I would be like, those that want to go and those that want to stay behind. <laughs> that's actually that's the, the actual answer. They should fight it out, whoever shows up. You know? <laughs> yeah. You guys work on your own problems. Okay? Um, if you're actually going to start a new planet with new humans on it, I'm sorry. Listen, here's the thing. And you would not be able to get hired or you'd probably get fired for failing your DEI quiz or whatever. The physical disability, I'm sorry. You're talking eight people going to a new planet. We don't have time for this. Okay. I'm sorry. You are taking all the females, no including the pregnant one, because they're about to give birth to a new person. You can't take the 60 year old Jew um, because they're too old. All right, that's a waste of resources. Has nothing to do with them being Jewish. All right, so we're we're cutting that out. If you're going to cut out four, you have to propagate the species, Charlie. Gay men. That's Probably. a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Okay. I'm just we saying. Ask him if he could perform for the species. Yeah, but that's like bigoted in the first place <laughs> to even talk about. I'm just saying you got to propagate the species. And I'm saying that maybe that's not the best thing. And I think we could all talk in advance and take the armed police officer, but we will um, attack him and steal his weapons as soon as we get there. This is so ridiculous. Okay. And uh, who else? Is well, there's not a going? sign on the ship that says no. You know, we need the medical student to go because any type of medical information could be valid. All right. And the account with a substance abuse, substance abuse problem, that person's going, you know why? Because they probably can't bring their substances. They're going to have to get clean and they will learn something because of it. And they'll be better for it. And they're an accountant. And they're going to be a father. Okay? Assuming <laughs> Which it's means his. they could father other children yeah. to continue to propagate. All right. So let's get through the, um, let's get the voting going on this. I thought it'd be a fun exercise to run through. Yeah. For the end of the day. Number one was the Socialist Party of Great Britain. Number two was Bernie 5 billion. Number three is equal payday. Number four, everything is racist. We all know that. Woke uh, woke is racist. Um, number five, the reparations plan. Just, you know, they have not adopted the plan yet, but they are actually, they're, they're considering this They're thing. open to discussion. They are open to talking about it, which to me is just a cruel thing, by the way, because there's a lot of people, whether or not, whether or not you specifically are in dire need, but there's a lot of people who are like, oh my God, they're actually considering this. I might get $5 million. Yeah. I might get almost 100K for the rest of my life and a house for a dollar. They're never going to be able to do this. So what are they going to do? They're actually just going to piss a bunch of people off and make them even more upset about their circumstances. It's like thinking that you're about to win the lottery and you just think about it all the time, what you're going to do with your lottery money. Might even cause a civil war. And then the only thing that stopped you, it wasn't the random ball that came down. The only thing that stopped you were those evil capitalists who decided that there wasn't enough money to give you that lottery. All right? Maybe that's the whole plan to make people mad. That's number five. 
Uh, number six, the Wellesley College uh, thing and the first person who identifies as Asian winning this Oscar. Number seven was Biden. I don't remember exactly when it was. Oh, he says he can remember exactly when it was. It was when he was a senior in high school back in the 60s when he supported gay marriage, except for all the other times in his professional life where he specifically said he didn't support it. Um, number eight, that Christian school banned by the state's athletic association for violating policies. You can't even forfeit a game anymore. Number nine, Peggy Flanagan uh, saying that uh, when our children tell us who they are, it's our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. Wrong. And what's great there is if you ad adopted that principle is that your kid, when they grow up, their job is to listen to their kid and their opinions don't matter. In fact, the older you get, the less your opinions matter as it is related to the younger generation. Yeah. Sounds like it makes sense. Like if you had kids, I'd be like, Nate, what are you doing tonight? I don't know. Waiting for my kid to tell yeah. me what we're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Can't tell you. Uh, Robert Reich was also part of that, saying you're not the party of freedom. If you want to stop kids from chopping stuff off. And number 10 was this DEI training sheet, which I think we aced. We get to keep, we get to keep the job. Yeah. Okay. All right, y'all get your votes in. Vote for something. It looks like a, um, a tie so far. Get your votes in on the Dumb Believe of the Week vote channel and the private Discord, which you can get to by going to joingml.com. Joingml.com. Be part of the Fed Haters Club. Vote on Dumb Bleep of the Week. It's a lot of fun. We interact all the time. It's great. The live group is great. Be part of greatness. Join gmail.com. Go to godhatesfeds.com. Pick up the latest merch. Pick up the latest Liberty merch. Seven um, was the Biden gay marriage thing, Bailey. Then also, go to natescrashcourse.com if you want to learn about the market. Share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe. Leave us a rating and review. Do all those things. Something, if you don't have any money, it's fine. Do something that doesn't cost you anything but helps spread the message of liberty. We can't do this without y'all, so we really appreciate uh, that. It allows um, us to keep going, So, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep going. Y'all got to— never going to give up. Never surrender mm -hmm. either. Y'all got a few more seconds to get some votes in now. Get over to the dumb bleep of the week voting channel and hit that color neutral thumbs up. Kind of looks Asian. See, I was going to say it, and I was like, oh, no, I can't say that. But then I was like, well, I can say that. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> say whatever. Yeah. Man. Free speech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. can say that. Looks like Biden's gay marriage. Looks like. Wins. Old gay marriage Biden, mm -hmm. as we used to call him around the dinner table when he was running for vice president. We're like, oh, there's that Joe Biden, always talking in support of gay marriage all the time. Back in all eight, that's what we were saying. He wins hypocrite of the week. <laughs> all right, like I said, do all those things. If you do, we'll be back again. Well, Nate might be back again tomorrow. Uh, full show on Tuesday. So until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.